and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Good evening, sisters. Good evening, sisters. (laughs) Say good night. Good night. That's it. Riley's out. Yeah, we have some more to go. If you all remember, we've done one late night edition of Still Buffering before. And if I can recall correctly, our intro bit lasted almost as long as our entire show. And uh, we got kind of off track because we're all just so tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm a night owl. Speak for yourself. I'm Welcome. just beginning to hoot. <laughs> Taylor's not Colonel. She's on a whole other schedule. <laughs> I was during Thanksgiving break, and then I made the mistake of doing work until 2 on Sunday night after Thanksgiving break. And today is Monday, and uh, it is 11 o'clock. And this I is, have to be up in seven hours. This is really Charlie's fault. <laughs> this is really charlie's fault let's be honest i mean i love she her would but not, yes she would not go to bed tonight and i am the only one who can get her to bed so i could not abandon her in this effort i had to just keep on doing all my mom tricks yeah. until finally it worked yeah and it's not you know what the you know what the crappy thing is it's not like there's a magic mom trick that works it's just you just keep doing the same like three things over and over again and then, and then one, one time, time they, it just works, it just works. and you yeah. there's no difference that you can see but what what are the mom tricks now i must know what are these three mom tricks okay well boobing or nursing is one cool. of them okay boob 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 can't do that that's a big one i have three songs that i sing her every night in the same order we wish you a merry christmas we wish you a merry christmas is always the lead off any time of year not just because it's almost (laughs) christmas (laughs) um that's another big one uh and then sometimes i will tell her stories about herself and she really likes that yeah okay so that's my last resort card is i will tell her a long story about once upon a time there was a little girl named charlie and then i just recount her entire day cool (laughs) like oh my god this is so interesting this is like a fantasy world i want to live in she loves it oh, the only know. thing is if she's too awake that backfires because she'll want to fill in the gaps for me mm-hmm. ah, all right good to know yeah. so there went there's my tricks so so i i've been suffering from a, a bout of insomnia lately i i can't I, I don't have access to the first one of course but i will try those the second ones i'll sing myself a christmas <laughs> song and tell the story of me <laughs> There once upon a time was a little girl named Taylor. She woke up this morning. She had coffee. Also, if all else fails, YouTube videos of people opening toys. (laughs) (laughs) Where you just kind of zone out and listen to the package crinkling. Yeah. You get like an ASMR effect there. That works. I hate that, though. I can see that working. Some people really dig it. Uh, But... I guess it is good that it's it's later in the evening because we were going to talk about something a little more serious this week. We all know that late at night we just want to talk about emotional deep things. No, <laughs> no that's not sarcastic. That's just true. Like the later it gets at night, the more I just want to talk about deep things, mm-hmm. emotional things. That's true. And when you're a grown up and you can drink grown up juice, then you want to do that even more late at night. Yep. No, I can't do that. No, no. I'm just go on. Don't off. do that. Stay sleepy in school. Juice. Sleepy juice. <laughs> Sleepy juice. Sleepy juice. No, you could not possibly be sleepy or sleepiest girl. You are not allowed any adult beverages until you <laughs> cease to be sleepy. <laughs> uh, but we thought it was about time that we talked about something that I unfortunately plagued and continues to plague all of us and is definitely a universal teen experience beyond the three of us and uh, unfortunately we'll probably always be part of the teenage experience and that's 
being bullied. <laughs> and the adult on. experience. <laughs> and the adult stop. experience. That's <laughs> probably real. <laughs> but, yeah, that's very true. I, bullying doesn't necessarily stop. It changes form, but yes. It's not as obvious. It's more subtle. <laughs> and you have to deal with it a lot more professionally. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just like. It's funny because now I'm at a point in my life where if I could go back and face the people who bullied me, knowing what I know now and having the confidence and the courage I do now, I would just, I would, they would start the crap they started before and I'd just like, I wouldn't flatten them physically, but verbally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would verbally flatten them. You'd have one of those slow clap monologues, wouldn't you? (laughs) I would, I would. I, I would have, I would have nothing for them. I would have no, I would not take that for a second. Um, but you can't do that now that I have that. You can't do that as an adult. Somebody like pushes you around or talks to you in a crappy way as an adult. You still have to be like, now listen here. Yeah. Let's be civil. Yeah, especially <laughs> in the workplace. It's like, cause, cause the form of bullying you're receiving is like HR approved bullying. And then that you have to give back some sort of HR approved self-defense. And it's, mm-hmm. it's very, not very satisfying. That's exactly the truth. I, I come across that a lot in a hospital setting. When um, other physicians want to call me on the phone and tell me, you know, how to do my job. Right. Mm. Can I imagine that goes over very well with Sydney. It doesn't go over where I, I mean, who does it go over well with, but. Well. Uh, You are, now I, I, I know things were different when you were younger, Sid, but I can't imagine the current incarnation of Sydney is anyone I would ever attempt to bully. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> you scare me in general conversation. And that's a compliment. <laughs> well, as much as I appreciate that. Like you, you get five hours out from your last meal and I'm afraid of you. No no other circumstances around. <laughs> like, oh, she, she ate five hours ago. Just don't just give her what she wants. At work I have been called spunky. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, spunky. Hmm. Um but back, it is fair to say that back when I was in middle school, I definitely was not. Spunky? No. Oh. <laughs> I was hiding my spunkiness under a bush. Because hmm. I, I was mainly afraid <laughs> and wanted people to leave me alone. That was kind of my constant state of being was like scared and please go away. See, that's the right mindset to have when you go into it. Because if you make the, the same mistake six-year-old Riley did... And think, new school, new me. I'm going to be confident. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to try to make friends on my first day of school. Mm, nope, that's how things turn out bad. <laughs> oh, not, mm. not necessarily. It's just, I think what we're going to talk a lot about as we kind of delve into this is the, the universal truth that some people just aren't very nice. And I don't even mean most people. I just mean they're always going to be whatever, wherever you are, whatever you do, you're going to run into some people who just aren't nice. And yeah. maybe they have reasons for it that are very valid, that if we could delve into their lives and their histories and what got them to this moment in time, we would understand and sympathize, maybe even empathize with that. But often when we encounter them, we don't get the we don't get any of that background story. All we get is somebody who's kind of being a jerk to us. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's you know, and, and Riley, your 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 new me, your new year, new me thing. It it can work. The thing is, is that people don't change, but the way you react to people can. So you can always decide to just react differently to people that aren't worthy your of your time, your emotions, your attention. 
Well, as I've gotten older, which I say is if I'm some wise <laughs> or an adult, <laughs> but as I have uh, as I have moved past certain stages of my life, now if anyone tries to mess with me, I'm always kind of um, tired. And I'm just like, listen, I don't have time to deal with this right now. I don't have the energy to deal with this right now. Go ahead. If you want to keep talking bad about me, that's fine. Just know I'm not, I don't have the energy to deal with you anymore. Is that cool? We're cool. Nobody got time for this. All right. That's kind of my attitude I have towards people now. Taylor, uh, Riley's using her sleepiness as self-defense now. Yeah. I think that's... That's pretty good, though. I mean, yeah. That's, Do you that's... have mono? <laughs> uh, she has I defensive mean... mono. Her body manifested. <laughs> I have mono. It is very effective. <laughs> I have um, all-time sleepiness. Okay. Twenty-four-seven yeah. sleepiness. Even when I'm sleeping, I'm sleepy. Like a like a. A Red Bull or a Yerba Mate or something. I drink three cups of coffee every morning. When this is over, we're going to have to talk about getting you to your doctor. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Teenagers are also always sleepy. That's true. That's like my psychology teacher told us like, well, people that have serious disorders are always sleepy. So if you're always sleepy, you may need to see a doctor. And I was just like. If I am a teenager, I am always sleepy. Yeah. I don't have a serious mental disorder. I am sleepy. I'm well, a teenager. That's my mental disorder. I'm 16. <laughs> Give me it's help okay. for that. Find a cure for that, please. The only cure for 16 is 17, unfortunately. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so far away. And that's but, not that's not necessarily 100% effective. No, and then, then 18 comes along. Well, mm-hmm. I, I was, because I, I, I wasn't joking. I really have been suffering from like super crazy out of nowhere insomnia. And I was looking at like, I was like, man, how much sleep do I need to be getting? And like you get over a certain age and they're like, eh, five, six hours, you're fine. But when you look yeah. down at like the teenage area, it's like seven Nine to plus. question mark, question mark, question mark. Like how yeah. long can you sleep? That's how much you need. It really is true. And it's yeah. true that you can get by. I mean, I, I really is. I've gotten old. I'm getting old as I get older. I don't have the opportunity to sleep as much, but it's really okay. Because I mean, I... Mm. I do fine without. I'm. Mm-hmm. I am perpetually tired, but I don't think in the same way. Yeah, like last night I got four hours of sleep, and now as we're continuing to talk, I've kind of hit this wall where I'm not even tired anymore. I'm just getting more and more awake, mm-hmm. as if I took a mental mm-hmm. nap, and now I am awoken. Awake it, woke it. <laughs> now I am awake. <laughs> I have been awakened. My my mind has been awakened, and I am ready for a new day. Great. So it looks like I'm gonna be up late. Well, if, if you ever want to do a medical residency, you're ready then. I'm ready. It's an important skill. Um, but back back to bullying. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, this is not the sleep podcast. Sorry. Not the, here, we help you sleep <laughs> podcast. Um, I, I We have kind of alluded to, I think we've said this before on the show, that maybe we were all or ha- are currently picked on a bit. Yeah. Um, for me, personally, it was worse in middle school. Mm-hmm. I've always I've said this. And I don't know if I've ever said this on the show that my mantra in life, it, whatever I face, whatever hardships I've come across is it's not as bad as medical as middle school, medical school, <laughs> not medical school, not as bad as middle school. Mm. It's it, it, I got through middle school. I can get through anything. That's kind of the way I feel, mm-hmm. because that was really I, I felt like not only that 
uh, I felt the most awkward and the most unsure of myself. Just like physically, I felt very awkward. I think, you know, that's normal. Puberty and stuff. Yeah. But I just wasn't sure who I was or what I wanted to be or how to express any of that stuff. I was always an awkward kid and kind of shy when I was younger. So it was very difficult for me to make friends. And I had no idea how nerdy I was. And I had no, like, sensor on that yet. <laughs> I just let that fly. Yeah. And, uh, and I was confronted with a lot of, at the time, very outward, obvious bullying. Um, it started with, like, the classic, I had a friend who I thought was a friend who I would tell my deep, dark, innermost secrets to and who was funneling my secrets double agent like oh no to the mean girls three-way calling no. not even three-way calling just just telling them everything i said mm -hmm. um everything you know sydney thinks she's depressed because of this and sydney think you know sydney says she doesn't eat but i think she does and things like that and <laughs> i know <laughs> Ugh. it was bad cool. and uh and so then um there was a there was a club the we hate sydney club no oh no you know how you know how sad it is they had cards they made themselves little little note cards that like with designs like they designed a logo a club logo <laughs> the we hate sydney club and um they had a song about me that they would what? sing when we were out like on the courtyard area during lunch that they would stand near me and sing just loud enough so that like I was aware and I was way too chicken to ever confront them. I just tried to like leave, mm -hmm. but like they would follow me and sing it again. I knew part of this, but not, not, I didn't know there was a song. I didn't know there was a logo. Yeah, I didn't know there was this. There was a song. There was a logo. They called. There were a couple girls who still talked to me, and they started calling us all the forest rangers because they said we had sticks up our butts, uh, which is not the most creative. That's not the most creative name. No. And uh, I'd say Popsicle is a more creative <laughs> title. <laughs> Maybe if you ever get a time machine, you can go back and tell them. <laughs> Because it took me a long time to figure out forest rangers. Like I heard them say, like, "Oh, they're Sydney the forest ranger." Why does it's that like, mean you have a stick up your? butt? I don't think forest rangers are in the habit of putting sticks up their butts. No, I don't think, I don't so think that means you have a stick up your butt. I thought it was forest rangers I thought it was of the because, world. Let me know. Like I was getting really into my science teacher was uh, an environmentalist, and I got really into the environment at the time, and so I thought it was a reference to that. Like, oh, because I love trees so much. Yeah. <laughs> Sydney, no. But the the important the important end to this story is that I mean I got I got through it. It was very hard. I I will say that I dealt with a lot of it by being sick, mm -hmm, as in mm -hmm. just not going to school, telling mom I, I was that. sick. And I think mom was on to me, but also allowed yeah. some of it. And then finally, mom losing it and going to the mm -hmm, assistant mm -hmm. principal and saying, "If you can't at least protect my kid." Like, they don't have to be friends with her, but if they sing songs to her or come talk to her anymore, I don't know what I can do, but I'm going to put a stop to it. Yeah. And I think that's what finally did, because the kids we've were... All, yeah, we've all had a mom talk like that, right? Like, mom just... Going in and going, going ballistic in. on somebody. Yeah. It worked, yeah. because they called all the kids in and threatened them that if they didn't stop, they couldn't be in honor society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same thing. So they uh, were all inducted in honor society at the end of the year. Cool. <laughs> cool. I was sitting here trying to think if I had anything as bad. Um, all in, well, I say all in middle school. I think this was freshman year, actually. 
Um, I had a catchphrase that people used that had my name in it at a school I didn't even go to. People used the phrase pulling a Riley at a school I didn't even go to. What was pulling a Riley? Um, well, let's see. Many things. Um, if I, if, uh, let's see. Hmm. Uh, one, being a dork. <laughs> That's what the wording, being a dork. Uh, or two, being very dramatic about something and having someone hurt your feelings so bad that you don't come to school for a while. Mm. Mm. So, so I mean, like, you were pulling a Sydney is what you were doing. Yeah. Just, <laughs> they renamed yeah. it for you. I don't understand why it took them so long, though, because like this took place in middle school. But freshman year of high school, when I don't even go to school with these people, I get a text from someone that I'm not even friends with who goes to a different school where all those people go and says, hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but people at my school use the phrase pulling O'Reilly. All right, cool. Guess that means I'm just very popular. <laughs> yeah, you needed to reclaim that phrase. Like, it's something on that, you know? Like, Someone just, come up with a oh, good you mean way they to did use that the phrase awesome, pulling they, they did that awesome skateboard trick that I'm so good at? <laughs> Is that yeah, what you mean? Yeah, because I'm, I'm a good skateboarder, <laughs> Sydney. That's, that's what I do. Hey, I don't know. You mean being better at rapping than Lynn? Okay. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I I just recorded an awesome podcast. I'm watching pull I must have pulled a Riley. Bam. <laughs> hey, I just stayed up until three AM watching Friends on Netflix. I just <laughs> pulled a Riley. <laughs> that's pulling a Riley. <laughs> I got a new scented candle. I just pulled O'Reilly. <laughs> that this is all true. These are all good things. These are all good things. These are all true. Um, but yeah, I had a silent club formed against me, like a club without name cards, mm -hmm. but that, like an unofficial club, if you will, um, where a girl that again I was you, uh, first best friends with, first day of middle school, new school, new me, private school, mm, the worst mm -hmm. for me you i'm assuming yeah was private school bad for you all too uh i was so young when i was in private school that was mm. like kindergarten for me yeah. you know I, I i don't remember anything being there was a lovely nun that like played the guitar and <laughs> gave us the tasty mouthwash in the morning i didn't school. get mad about that <laughs> taylor apparently went to <laughs> private school with the sound of music <laughs> No, they're really. I I don't I I don't want to call her out on the podcast, but there was a there was a very sweet lady nun who played the the guitar, and uh, there was another one that made very delicious blueberry bramble cookies that turned out to not be homemade by the nun, but bought from Subway sandwiches. But they were so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn you that till I was growing up. <laughs> Taylor was like, I don't know. It was really weird. Everybody was in these little cute matching outfits, and this yeah. nun sat down and was like, "Listen, doe a deer." It was it was lovely. I, I just hold on, that just was a movie. Blocked it all and replaced <laughs> it with, with films. But I only had private school, unfortunately, during middle school, so I didn't get cookies or not, uh, guitar playing nuns. Um, instead, I got a girl who pretended to be my best friend for a short while. Actually, a group of three girls. Imagine the cast of Mean Girls, if you will. Um, a group of three girls with a, a set leader who pretended to be my best friends. And then one day, they decided no one in the entire grade is allowed to talk to Riley. Which, when you go to private school, that means everyone you're in class with every single day. Which is just like 18 other kids at your entire grade. 
So like we were in Spanish class one day and I asked the, my partner, my Spanish partner who I was supposed to work with, uh, you know, some sort of question and they were supposed to answer. In Spanish? Yeah. And their answer was, I'm not allowed to talk to you. She told me I wasn't allowed to talk to you. And I was like, what are you talking about? We have to do this for a grade. Come on. They were like, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to talk to you. And she was like sitting there glaring at us. I was like, hmm. Did hmm. she say it in Spanish mm-hmm. though? That's no. the important part. Like, was she's going to no. fail the class. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also almost had that happen because I was so afraid of them. I let them copy my homework. Um, so then when we all had the same answers, because the girls who copied my homework had been going to school there longer, the teacher assumed I had copied off of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, mom got called in for me cheating. And of course, knowing who I am, mom said, no, this is not right. <laughs> And then I remember leaving school that day and mom going, those stupid teachers think you're cheating. Who do they think you are? You don't need to cheat for anything. <laughs> That's, that was always something we could count on is that mom never let, I mean, you, you can only do so much, I think, as a parent. I don't know. I, I haven't been in the situation yet. Charlie's not in school. I, I'm assuming there are limits to what you can do as a parent to protect your kid while they're in school. There's a certain amount of time that like you just have to hope they're okay. Yeah. But anything mom could have been doing... She was doing. She was doing. Yeah. She was there. Yeah. Taylor, did you have a... We, we've kind of shared our bullying tales. Yeah. You know, thinking back, and it's funny, because I, I... It was sort of like a... Like, I remember in elementary school, I had a lot of friends. Like, I was a cool girl. But it was because mm-hmm. the currency was very different in elementary school. Like, I was a cool girl, because... I had a really good imagination and I came up with really fun pretend games to play and I had like a lot of like dolls and like like fun <laughs> ideas and and that was like that made me cool like oh let's be pretend this and when that changed in middle school I didn't change I was still that but everybody else became something very different so I kind of mm-hmm. lost all those friends but I think, Sid, because I was so aware of what you went through, I was also super duper ready for it. Like, it's like, you know, like, you, you know, a, like a hurricane's coming, you bat in the hatches. I think middle <laughs> school for me, I was like, well, I know what happens here. You get, you just, everything, everything, <laughs> everything will be torn asunder. I will everything get gets this, really bad. <laughs> big black coat, heavy black eyeliner, scowl at everybody. Fear uh-huh. me. Like, that's that's how I just went through. And I, I was always aware. Like, there was always stuff on the periphery. People saying things. Stuff that would get back to me. You know, the friends I did have were those kind of, like, not real friends. Um, I, I should say, I, I had some, uh, like, two really good friends, which I've talked about immensely on this. But everybody else was, like, the ones that would be your friend in as much as they'd tell you, like, I don't want to tell you this, but you should know what so-and-so sad about you i'm like oh but you don't have to tell me that at all Um, that's not a friend thing yeah you you know i think the thing for me because i i was good at tuning it out like and i you know no matter how much it was like there i couldn't find people to connect with or relate to so just the everything else going on outside of myself i kind of clung to the fact like i know what this is i know this isn't for me i'm not supposed to be happy these years i'm not supposed to enjoy this and i was kind of just like clinging to that time when i got through it all and got to like college and it'd be better and i really think that the thing that kind of broke me 
was getting to college, getting to art school in New York City, and people were still really mean. <laughs> people, cool artistic cartoonists still talked crap about me and like giggled behind my back and said things. And that, that was really, I think, when it started to kind of, or when it really came home for me, was like, I just don't know. Like this doesn't, maybe it doesn't get better. Um, that was, a ch also talked about it, uh, like when I, I had my eating disorder and uh, I think the worst case of bullying was actually a roommate I was living with at the time and she would uh, she would live journal about me and like post these public things about my continual decay and like talk very loudly in her room on the phone to some friend about how she was excited for when my teeth would start falling out and it was just the most morbid thing. And, uh, Are you serious? Yeah, and it's like you know, it was kind of one of those things where when you're when you're that messed up, you're thinking she's just jealous of me. Also, wow, <laughs> like a lot of very conflicting thoughts. But you know, I think I think for as much as I could cite, like, well, this person said this about me in middle school. Like, I was so good for so many years of being like, whatever, I, I'm gonna be better than you. I'll show you someday. Someday I'm gonna be great. Someday I'm gonna have all the friends. I'm gonna find my place. I'm gonna find where I belong. And it was like, well, I'm here. Nothing got better. I give in. <laughs> but things did get better. Yes, eventually. I, <laughs> I would like to say I'm a, I'm a late, late, late bloomer. <laughs> well, the things that you talked about that made you more popular when you were in elementary school are things that make people more popular as adults. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when I, when I think back, I was always on a straight line. Like, the stuff that I was trying to foster in myself, I never sacrificed. And I'm kind of glad that I had that forefront knowledge. Like, it's not supposed to be good. Don't try to make it work. It's not gonna. <laughs> like, I'm glad that I. That I I'm glad that I could blaze that trail for you. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, you know, it just I never, I never cared about like people would start rumors about me in high school, and I'd be like, yeah, you know, I remember there's this big rumor for a while when I was like photography assistant in the dark room that I was a lesbian, and like it got back to me, and I was like, maybe. That could totally be true. <laughs> I don't know myself. I'm a little confused. Like, that's that a bad thing? Why is that a rumor? It's a, it's a rumor for me, too. <laughs> Wait, really? Are you sure? <laughs> Thanks. To something. I've been trying to figure that it's out. It's not just me that's thinking, that's thinking it, all right? <laughs> but, but yeah, so I don't know. Like, I guess that's it's it can, it can get to you at all ages you know and then i i don't know like it ca i i hate to say it catch it can catch up to you but uh it does but i think you hit on a couple of things there one one point that i think is important to make if especially if you're listening and you're still a younger person because i think as you get older you realize this but when you're younger it's not always apparent um telling somebody like as a friend hey I need to tell you about all these really horrible things that somebody just said about you is almost never helpful. No, mm -hmm. unless that story ends with, but I shut it down and told them all of these nice things about you and I made them stop talking about you. Or I told someone, someone that this was happening. Sure. Some, something to make you feel safer or, or to protect you in some way. Like, I think, you know, you're trying to go out with this person, but they're saying mean things right. about you behind your back or something like that. Yeah. But if it is just, you know, I know this person doesn't like me. I know that they probably say mean things about me. 
And so you just decided to be the one to bring me this information. Yeah. That's not helpful. And it's kind of a form of bullying in itself because it's a way that what, what you're doing with that is saying, I'm not the one who hates you, but other people do. So feel insecure about it and feel bad. And here's a way of you knowing these maybe really awful, untrue things that people are saying about you and you have no control over it because it's already been said, it's already happened, but I'm going to deliver you this information anyway. And I heard them saying it and I'm supposed to be your friend, but I didn't say anything to stop them. Obviously. And I obviously made them feel like it was okay to tell me this stuff. So then you're wondering, what did my friend say? Well, and that's that's one thing that I think we... uh, Accountability is a a big thing in this situation because... You know, the, the rumors and the, the mean talk, the, the things, they can stop with you. It's like, that's, uh, even if, like, even the friend that would come to you and say, well, so-and-so said this, but I told him that's mean. Like, even that, it's like, you know, uh, why why even let that go to your friend, your supposed mm-hmm. friend? Like, that's... Just cut it off. Yeah. Like, you you know, it, it's the, the, the he said, she said, it, it stops when you just agree to not repeat it, to not, to rise above that. What was mom's old saying that she said about that? <laughs> uh, I, I remember remembered this just when we were leading up to this. Uh, any dog that will bring a bone will take a bone away. <laughs> and I think that's very smart. <laughs> it took me a while to parse that, but I understand it now. Well, and it's I don't really get it still. Well, the thing is, you know, I don't know. Is it, is it like schadenfreude? Is it something people want to see other people suffer it's a weird psychological thing that's probably a you know a, a lesser of our abilities but <laughs> i i think in i think that there has to be some sort of biological level that this happens when you're younger and still kind of in in cognitive development like in process if if someone else is lower than you on the food chain you know if somebody else is going to be I don't know, cut off at the knees before you, sometimes you're willing to accept that and make sure that perception remains. I I have to imagine that's part of it because you get to that point where there are people who are going to give other people a hard time. They need that. They need that for, again, for who knows what reason why they got to this point in their life that the only thing that makes them feel good is when other people feel bad. But I think then you have the circle of people around them who are just doing everything they can to not be in that line of fire. Right. Because a bully's going to bully people. They're going to find somebody to pick on. And you know that if they run out of other people, they might turn on you. So you're just going to keep throwing other people in front of you. Right, you, you yeah. so, so like bully enablers. Yeah. Hmm. There are, there are, there are always bully enablers. Mm-hmm. They're always, you know, you know them. I remember them for, for me, I, I say girls I went to school with because I remember it being a group of girls that I knew and was friends with and wasn't and then was very much on the periphery. And there were ones who weren't mean and who I could have conversations with. And I don't think they were mean people. I just think they were willing to let it happen because at least it's not me. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't excuse it. I'm not saying, so they were all stellar. I'm just saying, I think they were. They were bully enablers. It was like, yeah, we'll feed into it. We won't necessarily contribute, but we'll listen and nod and be quiet because then it's not me. Yeah. And I keep going back to the movie Mean Girls. But <laughs> if you and, you... and you laugh, but think about it. Like, there's, there's, the mean, there's the main mean girl... And then her two friends are kind of what you just described. They don't really do anything mean. 
they just go along with her because she's the louder one and the pushier one and the more popular one. So they do as she says and they're mean to people. And it's like, that's, that's what I experienced. It was one person who was loud and pushy and had her opinions and wanted everyone to do what she said. And everyone else was afraid of her because she was confident in what she was doing and she was the popular one. So they did what she did, but they didn't necessarily do anything mean themselves. They just followed the leader. Well, and, you know, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a basic human desire. We, we all want to be, we all want to get ahead. We all want to be recognized. We all want to be like, you know, we, we, we want to sort of move up whatever ladder we're on. But I think that, you know, in, in the terms of this, and definitely <laughs> Mean Girls is a, is, is a good thing, because even the main character turns around and does some really crappy stuff back to the supposed mean girl, like. Yeah, right. Uh, but the, I think the, the, the modus operandi, it's, it's, you have to think about it this way. It's like, if I want to rise up, I can make myself better, or I can just shove people down around me. And then by proxy, I am better. And unfortunately, that's two very different kinds of psychology that you run into in the world. And I think mm-hmm. you just have to be really smart about figuring out when you're around one of those people that's just going to try to shove you down because that's mm-hmm. and that's probably easier. You know, it's a lot harder to make yourself better, to make yourself, you know, whatever, uh, whatever you're trying to excel at. It's, it's a lot easier to just make the people around you insecure and question themselves and not try to pursue the best of themselves because you've made them feel really crappy. Right. You've got to feel bad for people that have that big of a hole right through the center of them that that's how they have so little faith in themselves that that's how they have to get ahead. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the truth. And that you, you hit on the other, I think the other really important thing you said and that plays into that is you can't control what other people are going to do or say you just can't and so the all you all you are in charge of is how you react to it and how you decide to let it affect you and what kind of person you are on the other side of it and so i think as as i've gotten older i've gotten a lot better at that end of it and i've gotten more confident that's another big part of it is just owning yourself and knowing what you're good at and Knowing what you're bad at, knowing your flaws too, I think that's a big part of it too. Like I know, I know my faults and I know my strengths. I'm very aware of all of them, and so it's hard for me to feel. It's hard for anybody to make me feel bad about them. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I know that about. Like I am, I'm very clumsy and I'm disorganized, <laughs> and I, and sometimes I have a very short fuse. And if you make fun of me or try to give me a hard time about any of those things, I acknowledge them. I own yeah. them. They are parts of me. I'm working on them. Did you have anything else to offer? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I mean, it's, and once you can own all those things about yourself, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Well, but, that, that's very true. I mean, I I've always had a self-deprecating sense of humor, and I think when I was younger, it was a defense mechanism. It was very much like, look, I'm going to say the really crappy thing about me before you get the chance to, and that's how this is going to be. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, and that's that's the classic, right? That's what I mean. Isn't that why part of why we do podcasts? <laughs> right. Just gonna yeah. put it all out there. I told you about my toe hair. You think it bothers me? Nah. Nope. Nope. There it is. I've already told you that I was called for stranger. There's <laughs> you got nothing to throw at me now. I already threw it at myself. <laughs> um But you know, but that's it's it is an eventual like it's a, it is a superpower to be able to laugh at yourself because it really just completely disarms the enemy. Like 
I think, and I kind of developed that, like being able to laugh at myself, know what my faults are, know what my weaknesses are, and when people say things about them, I don't, I don't really feel anything. But I think it gets, um, everyone has kind of like, like a line. Like if you cross that line and it's not just like, yeah, I know that about me and this is, this is true. Mm-hmm. Um, when it starts getting personal or, uh, something really, really bad, like that's when it's hard to like say, I'm too tired for this or what you're saying doesn't bother me. I think that's fair to say, Riley. And I think more importantly, yes, we all have that line, even as adults. But the stuff that Taylor and I are talking about, we it has been many years hard won and okay. still in progress. <laughs> There's no way you would be expected to get to that point where you can just brush everything off. Yeah. And not let any of it affect you well, at your age because I mean, you're, you're still living it every day. It's so much easier to look back on now yeah. and laugh about the We Hate Sydney Club because that's also a really terrible name. Nothing yeah. more original than that. Yeah. It, but it, I'm still wondering time, what the logo looked like. I'm sorry. Or the song. Later. <laughs> I, I don't I, <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> at all. I No, I can't sing the song. I can't go there. But it, at the time... I mean, I, it was devastating at the time I couldn't rise above. I couldn't get my headspace out of it. I even knew at the time how dumb it was. I knew it was dumb and it was my whole world. I mean, it made me want to stop going to school. It made me stop caring about grades, which was, I mean, I cared about more than almost anything at the time. It, uh, made me want to make myself physically disappear and, and I, that's still very real, even though I can look back now and kind of laugh at how silly it was. I mean, it was a big deal at the time. So Yeah. It's different for me when, like, someone says something about me. And I'm like, well, okay, whatever. Like you said, words, you know, words hurt. But when you're talking about me to someone else and I hear about it, or I see something and it's about me, like, okay, that's fine. It's whatever. But when you say something... And something has happened, and this is going to get very, uh, very serious, very fast. But I mean, this is a serious topic. Um, when someone like throughout middle school, when I would miss school a lot, I would confide in my friends that it was hard for me to want to continue. You said physically disappear. Mm-hmm. Like I would say, I want to disappear. I want to not be here. And when people who are being mean to you. Uh, don't take that as a cue to stop and mm-hmm. kind of take it as she would never do that. Like, just go ahead and do it already if you really feel that way. Like, that's when it gets serious. Like, that's when it crosses the line for me. Is when it's like, this is mentally affecting a person and you're still continuing. Like, it's not just poking fun at someone and you're laughing along with someone or like, making someone so you're not friends with them anymore. Like that's seeing that you've caused harm on someone and wanting to continue it. Oh, I think, I think it's fair to say that that's a line for anybody. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that makes you weak for well, feeling no, that way. I didn't mean I that, that, but I think that is a difference of saying this person has had tough stuff go on in their life. So it's fine if they don't want me to be their friend anymore. Like they don't think that 
I'm a good person or whatever. They think that I have bad qualities about me. I think that's when it stops being like, this person is messed up, so it's fine. I think that's when it starts being like, this person is messed up. <laughs> what 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 is it with that? You, you bring that up, and that is something that I've heard now. I've seen, like, mainly in, in cyberbullying, internet forms and texting and stuff, not so much in person, but people using the expression, like, go kill yourself to respond to somebody. And that, to me, is... I think, well, I mean, it's horrifying. And I'm not saying that back in my day, bullying was never that bad. I mean, it was bad. Mm -hmm. Just like the talking about something as serious as taking your own life in those kinds of terms. I don't remember that kind of language being yeah. tossed around like that. Yeah. And I see that now. It's and it, it it's like it's like an extension of like on Twitter, delete your account or go kill yourself. As if that's the same thing. As if like, well, I'll just toss that out in the same breath. Like it's all the same. Yeah. Um, I don't really understand that because like recently we had someone who goes to a high school in our area take their own life. And it's like a a seventeen year old boy, like someone our age going through the same stuff that we are going through and going to school like twenty minutes away from here. And I don't understand how someone can see that happen and still joke about that or say that and think that someone couldn't really do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I could never imagine a situation where I would be able to say that to someone. Well, I because, I mean, you could say that to someone and that could be it for them. Like, that's the last thing that that crosses the line for them, mm -hmm. you know, and I just... I don't know. I don't get that. I don't know where that started. I don't know why it is so commonly uh, acceptable now. I don't know why people are able to brush it off. I mean, I'm not, if someone ever, some, I am not able to brush that off uh, me personally. And I would never be able to say that to someone. So I don't understand how it could come from either way or how it could start like that. Yeah. You know what? And I don't know. I, I, I hate to put on the, tin hat and fear technology but um there's a there's it's a it's a bit by louis ck he's talking about why he doesn't let his kids have phones but i think it's kind of a smart thing that he says and this is super duper paraphrasing but he's talking about how you know i mean i guess in in our generation said if you were going to be mean to somebody you were going to be mean to their face right you were gonna say the mean thing or at least like you know you experience where they could hear it or you're gonna send it secondhand from somebody else but the response that you were going to cause, the pain you were going to cause, you were going to see. Mm -hmm. But there's this really kind of messed up thing that happens when you can just send these really mean texts or or whatever, now that we have the, the internet as a medium, and you never have to see the response. And you know that there's a lesson that you learn when you see the pain you cause. I mean, it's like when you're a little kid and you hit another little kid and then that kid cries. You go, oh, that's bad. I don't like crying. That made him cry. That's a bad thing I did. It makes cry. Like, you learn that. Yeah. That's, that's how, how we learn as humans. But as we get into more nuanced adult emotions, maybe there's a disconnect that happens that we can say these so much worse, so much more painful, hurtful things to people because there's, there is a price that is paid, but you don't see it. You don't see the cost of your words. You don't see it on somebody's mm -hmm. face. And it's, it's, it's separated from yourself. It, it really is true. I have to imagine that that's part of it, that, that, you know, one, if you're texting, 
you know, or, or using social media in some way to be cruel to somebody, the anonymity of it, the immediate, like you drop whatever bomb you want to drop on somebody and then you're out, you're gone. You don't see anything that happens. Um, it's so different from either having to say stuff to somebody's face or force your friend to say stuff to somebody's face, which like they're only going to be able to do. I mean, like they're not, they're not some sort of robot that is in your employ. Like they're still a human. So they're only going to be able to say so much. Or even if you think about, I mean, the telephone could have been used in that way, but in the time before cell phones, if you wanted to bully somebody, if you wanted to say really horrible stuff to somebody over the phone, you were going to have to call their house and maybe be like, <laughs> hi, Mrs. Smurl. Yeah, it's whoever. Is Sydney home? Okay, thanks. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, this is Sydney. Hey, I think you're a jerk. And I mean, like, can you imagine that? Like, that wouldn't have happened. Like, there was this parental buffer where you can only do so much damage when you have to go through the mom or dad to get there. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've removed that. There's no parental buffer. You kids are like, you know, the Peanuts kids now. Yeah. I'm sure you no, have parents, but they're just want, want, wahs <laughs> in the background. And yeah. you don't have you don't have to say anything to anybody's face ever. You don't even have notes. You know, back in our day, we had notes. So you even had handwriting, like the personal personalization of handwriting, like writing somebody, you know, yeah. that they were stupid and that they thought you were a forced stranger in a note <laughs> was still more intense than just a yeah. digital message. It's, that could be sent yeah. by anybody. Do they even send emojis? <laughs> no. That's when you know texts are serious and when someone's really mad is when they don't use emojis. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wait, you use emojis so much? That no, 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 no. Okay. But like, yeah, you you understand <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, I don't use it in every single text. So if I send one text without it, someone's like, oh my God, she's mad. Oh, yeah. It's more like, you know. I, I only use emojis with you two because you seem to get a kick out of my complete unfamiliarity with any of the emojis because you just send us like <laughs> pudding yeah or flan whatever it and was. i thought that flan, shrimp fried shrimp <laughs> i thought that flan was the uh giga pudding it looked like giga pudding to me that's kind of like giga pudding 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 um okay <laughs> sydney <laughs> off topic riley uh, loves that commercial i do love that commercial um but what are we even talking about we're we talking about texting. Cindy, you got me distracted. Sorry, thinking about emojis, texting, text, bullet, bully um, texting. But for me, on the opposite side, it's easier for me to uh, not confront someone, but like if someone uh, does something that hurts me or like has said that I've done something to hurt them, it's easier for me to either be like, hey, this thing you did was really hurtful and um i just want you to know that like not that exactly but like hey why'd you say this about me that's not true or if i did this i'm sorry like it's easier for me to say that for some reason um when i'm texting someone and i think it's mm -hmm. because the one experience i've had where i've tried to confront someone about something they did that hurt me in person ended up very badly and ended up losing that person as a friend which ended up as a good thing like i'm glad that person is no longer my friend and that i had no longer associated with that person but um i think when it's over text it's like either this is going to be resolved and we are not going to talk about this anymore by the time i next see this person in person or 
we're going to decide at the end of this we're not friends anymore and then I don't ever have to deal face to face with the consequences of what has happened. Like I have had people before who have said very bad things about me and people who I thought were my friends, which again, it's not like I'm hearing people who I know don't like me say bad things about me. It's people who I thought were my friends I hear say bad things about me or spread rumors about me. And I'm like, hey, come on, man, that wasn't cool. And then I'm just like, i sorry that you feel that way about me. And then we get in an argument. It's like, well, this is just not worth my time. I don't really want to feel uh, like this anymore. And you make me feel this way. So I, I, it's easier, I guess, to to get rid of things faster. And I think my generation has a hard time confronting things head on and dealing with uh, confrontation on a face-to-face level. I and think I think that just makes true. it so you don't have to deal with confrontation on a face-to-face level, whether you're uh, done with the argument and you decide to be friends again so you can move on, or you decide you're not going to have anything to do with each other. So you just don't have anything to do with that person. And, and you're, you're missing all of the other things that humans as social animals have evolved over time. All of the other ways that we communicate that aren't just the words we say, the way we say them, the exact things. I mean, the words you choose when you're texting and the words you choose when you're speaking yeah. are very different. And I even know like texts that will be completely mundane can come across as uh, mean well, you don't have inflection, you don't yeah. have body language, yeah. you don't have eye contact, you don't have any of those things. Plus, like Taylor, like you mentioned, the visual cues you're going to get when you say something really devastating to somebody, and then you have to see the actual human that you hurt, and how they reacted to it, and how you made another person feel. When you remove all that from the equation, I, what would stop you? Especially when you're younger, and it's so much harder to see the results of, you know, consequences. It's so much harder to think that way because, you you know, you're programmed right now to think very much in the moment. It's going to be, you might be thinking about tomorrow or next week, but it's going to be hard for you to think about long-term down the road. How are these things I'm doing right now? Because every moment feels like forever and the most important thing. And I, I can't even imagine how you could have a conversation that turned to anger, that turned to, you know, being mean, bullying, that didn't just go totally off the rails every time in texting. I, I mean, because yeah. that's what happens. Like, it's we're talking about, like, basically subreddits. And, and it does. <laughs> we're, ta- mean, we're, ta- we're talking about Facebook commenters and yeah, tweets. Yeah, it does. It's and all the same thing. Things end up getting brought up again, and then screenshots are brought into this, and you know someone is screenshotting what everything you're saying and sending it to their friends or a group message of their uh. friends, and you're screenshotting everything that person is saying and sending it to your best friend and asking, like, what should I say? And... I mean, it, it's, it's, it's crazy because it, it, it's kind of like if you could, we've said this before, but if you could talk to each other in person, it probably would never get to that level. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously we've been there before, Tay and I, so like it does get bad still, but not to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, because even just a little bit, I've noticed not in like texting and bullying, but on the internet, someone says something kind of not nice. Mm-hmm. Just responding like, hey... That was really mean. It really <laughs> made me feel bad today. Yeah. That really made me sad. That hurt yeah. my feelings. Sometimes is enough to diffuse the situation because then this person who is just thinking of themselves as a keyboard and the person who's you know who's seen whatever they wrote as a screen all of a sudden realizes that like there's a human on the other end. Sometimes that helps to diffuse situations when yeah. people are being really cruel. Yeah, the that- only 
And I've seen all these, like, you know, movies and articles and stuff about, like, bad cyberbullying, like, people posting things about other people and stuff like that. And I've never seen or heard of anything like that personally. And the only bad thing I can think of that had to do with uh, cyberbullying, I guess you could say, or something to do with technology that I should not have seen of my friends that I ended up seeing, um, was when I had a friend who's no longer a friend of mine go out of town and uh, you're going to laugh at this. She said, Hey, I need you to keep my snap streaks going for me. So I need you to log into my Snapchat on your phone. Here's my <laughs> login information. And it's not like Twitter where you can have two accounts going at one uh, time. Heck? Snapchat is like you log into an account and that's your account. You get the notifications for that account uh-huh. and you log into another one. So she was out of town for a weekend. She didn't have service, so I couldn't talk to her. So I was logged into her account and then my phone dies. So I plug it back in and I forget. And I think I'm logged into my account and I see, I get a notification of a Snapchat message from Boy that I liked and that I was talking to and that uh, I thought was really nice. And then I open it up and, oh no, I am re- now reading someone else's Snapchat messages. These are not mine. This is not for me. I should close this out. But then I see my name. And being, I, I realized this was someone else's information, but I did not mean to stumble upon it. And I did stumble upon it. And I feel like, 99% of people would see their name with a boy that they liked and a person they thought was their friend. It'd be like, ho, 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 hold up. Wait a minute. What's this about? Um, and it was just bad, 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 bad stuff. Aww. Mean stuff. Um, that so yeah. I cannot even find an, like, an analogous situation in my past to that, Riley. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, just because of all the technology that was involved in this. And then it's like, of course... You think about it and it's like, I realize the way this looks. This looks like I was looking through someone else's messages with a boy that I like to see if they had said anything about me. Uh, so I can't really tell anyone and tell her like, hey, this hurt your, my feelings because then she's just going to say, why were you looking through my messages? It's like, I promise why did I you, did not why mean did to. Why did she have you do snapping chat? Why did she do it that? And all these were right here. Why? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But well, I mean, you know then you you learn and i think this is something i've gotten better at is learning what kind of people are not good for you even if like they're the popular people or the people who all of your friends are friends with and who would be the cool ones to hang out with if they're not good for you and they don't make you feel good then just cut them out of your life i yeah. watched a really nice video recently from my favorite youtuber Dodie. And it was all about how to cut people out of your life that aren't good for you and it was it was very good and, and you know it's interesting. We've talked a lot about that, like everybody comes from their own backgrounds and who knows why they have the the baggage that they're clearly carrying, why they have the hold that they have. Um, and sometimes as an adult, you make the decision to try to understand those people and to try to connect with them and find the good in them and, you know, work that through. But I do not believe that as a teenager, you are tasked with that. Yeah. I think that if you can't, if somebody is, is dangerous for you, for your self-esteem, is damaging to you, that doesn't give you a license to be mean to them. But it does mean that it's okay for you to decide not to hang out with them. Yeah. That's totally okay. Um, sometimes that's the best option. I don't think that it's your job yeah. to try to, like, f- fix that. Yeah. Solve that. And I've said that to people before, which I think kind of confuses people because people my age and of my generation are not used to that. But I've said to people who I don't want in my life before... I don't think this relationship is good for me. I don't think this friendship is helping me in any way. I think it's more harmful to me than helpful. And I don't think we should be friends anymore. 
And I think that confuses people because people are so used to like confrontations being started and over within 30 minutes. Yeah. And like this, this is all over text. Like this is silly. This shouldn't have any real effects on our friendship and our relationship. But like, no, like that still matters. Those and are words you said. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, yeah, that's, that's a way to, I think, deal with it. That helps not, I don't think I could have done that in middle school, but you know, and I think one thing we wanted to mention too is that um, while we have all been it, to some extent or another victims of bullying or maybe poor Riley in her case continue to be sometimes, but hang in there. You're getting there. Almost done. The The bullies are still out there as you get older, but you, you're going to be more equipped to cope with them. You're already getting there. So it, it does get easier. But... Um, I feel like one thing that has been very hard for me recently is I feel very strongly that you should not make other people feel bad about themselves to make yourself feel better, that it doesn't get you anywhere in life, that it's not the way to be a healthy, happy, successful person, that it is not the path to, you know, to any kind of greatness in your human existence is to by is by putting other people down. And in light of recent events, it's been really hard for me to find a way to make that case to my daughter. Not that I have to now, but as she gets older, how am I going to tell her that being a bully is a bad thing if sometimes being a bully makes you president? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But, but what I'll say is this. I still think being a bully is a bad thing. I still think that putting other people down to make yourself feel better or look better is a bad thing. Um, and it is something that we need to be vigilant for those among us who are probably going to suffer from that a lot more now, maybe that younger people who can't understand everything in a context yet are going to feel maybe more emboldened to, um, I don't know, act out on their, on their own fears, on their own unhealthy biases and prejudices. But I mean, you know, that that's, I don't know, and maybe it's just the way that we were raised, but I feel like like being a, a, a crappy person should make you feel crappy, right? Like y- you want should. You want to be the kind of person that you can go to bed with at night, more or less. Like and 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 that's it doesn't matter if yeah, sometimes you know what? Being a jerk face and stomping all over people get to do the top of the heap. That happens all the time. I, I wish it stopped happening in middle school, high school, college, adulthood. Never does. It'll continue happening. But y- you know what? I don't, I don't care because at the end of the day, it's just me. And if I know I've, I've, I've looked out for the people I care about, I've ignored the stuff that's directed at me, I've risen above, I feel better and yeah i mean you know to everybody out there there's probably going to be a a lot of unfortunate opportunities for us all to step up to the plate but you know it's 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 not about uh where where you're trying to get to it's about doing what's right and and having to come to terms with yourself at the end of the day exactly yeah yeah no you're absolutely right the ends don't justify the means in that case. Um, so I think I think that's a really important thing that, that you're saying, Taylor, that we didn't talk a lot about was being, to, to not be a bystander. 
if somebody, especially if you're still a teenager, if you're still in school, I mean, definitely, I mean, yes, obviously if you're an adult too, but if you see somebody who is getting picked on or pushed around for any reason, but certainly I think something to be especially aware of is for their sexual orientation, for their religion, for their gender, for the color of their skin, for anything about them, um, now is the time to to be an be an ally and I don't mean go like punch the bully out please don't do that that's not what I'm saying <laughs> but like to go stand with the person and maybe strike up a conversation and try to diffuse a situation by being a friend to that person ignoring the bully walking away with that person um, there are all kinds of guides online for how to be an ally as an adult for how to help diffuse situations when you see that kind of discrimination happening as an adult. But we don't provide those for kids necessarily. We just tell you don't let bullying happen, but we don't tell you what to do because we don't want you to get punched out either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, go get a teacher, an administrator, a parent, an adult. Go get somebody to diffuse a dangerous situation. Don't put yourself in a violent situation. But sometimes it's as easy as sitting with that kid at lunch. Sometimes it's that simple, walking with that kid in the hallway. And Bullies I, are cowards at heart, and they will not pick a fight that they can't win. And if there are two of you and one of them, that may be enough to stop a situation before it starts. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think that these people that feel the need to put other people down to lift themselves up, often they are afraid, and they, they are picking what they think are weak targets. And I think that they're not expecting to get anything back at them. I think it's a rare person that's trying to take on bigger prey. So, you know, I think, like, I, I still believe, it, it's funny because I love this quote, it's about, I, I believe that there's, is it, there's goodness in all people. Um, it's, the quote's by Anne Frank, which is, like, you know, oops. But, uh, yeah, she says, I still <laughs> believe that people are good at heart. That's what it even is. Even after all. It, you know, all and that's, she went through. There's, there's some irony there, but I do believe that's true. And I think, Sometimes you've just got to be that, that first clap and the slow clap. You know, you've got to be that person <laughs> that stands up and goes, yeah, like, or you've got to be the person making the monologue, whatever. Like, yeah. I think that there are more good people than bad. And it's when we all stand up together, we outnumber those jerk faces. So stand up. Yeah. Together. No matter stand how up. tired you Everybody. are. <laughs> no matter how yeah. tired it's, you are. It's midnight, y'all. All right. All right. Well, thank you, sisters, yeah. uh, for joining me again. Um, thank you to everybody who listens to our show, uh, who tweets at us at Still Buff, who's part of our Facebook group, um, Still Buffering on Facebook. Uh, there's a quick thing I wanted to mention. Um, there is a project that is being headed up on the Facebook group. Hold on, I'm opening all of the information about it as we speak. It's the Hashtag Together Project for Still Buffering fans. Um, check it out. It's on our Facebook group. They're going to raffle off uh, different donated items, artistic, beautiful items, um, and the proceeds are going to go to various nonprofit organizations. So please check that out on our Facebook group yeah. um, if you're interested. Yeah. And... Uh, if you like our show, check out MaximumFun.org for other shows, other wonderful podcasts. If you want a Jumbotron on our show, go to MaximumFun.org forward slash Jumbotron. And we will send a, a nice message to someone that you care about. Yeah. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, Change Your Mind. 
This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And uh, I was too. too. Podcasts. 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 <laughs> They're audio programs that tell smart stories in innovative ways using editing techniques like, like this. this. Like this. Like this. Yeah. But let's face it, all that smart stuff can be exhausting. That's where Stop Podcasting Yourself comes in. It's so stupid. It's just two stupid dinguses being dumb idiot jerks for 90 minutes. Stop podcasting yourself. The stupid show that smart people love. Find it on iTunes. Or MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.